You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I'm here right next to Jeff. How are you tonight, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you, Neil? I'm doing awesome. It is an evening recording, which means all bets are off. And speaking of uh, all bets are off. I would say that's not the only thing off right now, Neil. Yeah, uh, Ken and Matt both off tonight. Yeah. Uh, they. Uh, what are they doing together? Uh, well, first of all, they didn't send us a letter uh, requesting off, uh, but uh, they decided to go... Uh, Even though it's in our bylaws, it's very clear we need a minimum of three weeks... That's right. ...beforehand. <laughs> At least three weeks. Uh, Non-refundable. But- well, they, they both um, wanted to know if the phrase kick a can down the road was true. So they're actually just in the alley right now kicking cans down the road, but they can't be bothered to come in here. That's so. too bad. But I heard we have some great guests to fill in for them. Is that right? Um, that is right. Uh, we have some very, very special guests. So we always talk on the show about having uh, you know a, a large council, a large team of lawyers. Um, we also have a large team of doctors, and we wanted to celebrate both of those factions uh but also this is one of our last 10 episodes before we hit 300 episodes uh and each of these episodes is celebrating um the patrons who have helped us get to where we are um including the patrons that we've had in in the first year of existence all the way up to the middle and uh, even most recently so uh starting uh with our host today we're super excited to uh, have him return to uh, host a game and just to, to hang out with us um he is coming to us from pittsburgh and uh, he is one of our counsel. He is a, a lawyer. He started on Patreon November 15th, 2020, uh, and uh, is a Dutch enthusiast on Patreon. And that is David Feuder. How are you, David? Hey, Neil, Jeff. A pleasure to be here as always. Um, this is the first time I've been here since um, your sort of exciting financial announcement. And all the best to you guys and couldn't be happier. I feel like I'm sort of an investor in a startup that has gone, uh, that has sort of exploded. So, um I couldn't be happier for you guys. And um, I heard something about, you know, maybe doing live shows. I can think of a great city where I would love to have uh, Triviality come to, the promised land of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, thank you for the compliment. Uh, it means a lot. And yes, uh, Pittsburgh is such a great city. We'd love to to do that. Um, and we're so happy that you're here to host a game today. Um, I think people might know uh, what's up in your world, but is there anything uh, you'd like to say since this is a, a new appearance for you? 
Oh, not much has changed. Uh, you know, uh, I am an attorney here in Pittsburgh, wife and uh, two children who are um, avid Triviality listeners as uh, well, but um, couldn't be happier to be here again. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Our first uh, competitor is someone who was uh, on the show not too long ago, but is one of our, our first patrons uh, within the first year of our existence, uh, starting in October of 2018. Um, they are a cream of the crop on Patreon, which we appreciate. Also coming to us from Pittsburgh, uh, you know him, you love him, you appreciate him and his uh, his dedication to the teeth, and that would be Taylor Cook. How are you, Taylor? Oh, wow. Uh, thank you, Neil. That's such a such a nice intro. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to be back as always. Um, excited for the episode. And to confirm, you're not in the same room as David, even though you're in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, we're not. But I think if I tried really hard, I could maybe get close to his house if I threw over a hill. So we're uh, we're we're within some kind of shot. But uh, but no, we're not in the same room. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you for being here and just uh, refresh everyone's uh, memory about who you are. Yeah, Taylor Cook, just living in living the dream in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm an endodontist here, um, so I just do primarily root canals. You know, everyone's favorite thing to joke about in uh, movies, TV, and music, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, not not a whole lot going on. It's getting to that dreary time of year when people want to wait till January for their insurance benefits to re-up. So uh, it slows down a little bit towards the end of the year, and that's okay by me. But <laughs> Yeah, not much else going on. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for being uh, one of Triviality's uh, official doctors. And speaking of doctors, uh, I think the last time you were on, you may have called this person out, um, but it's going to be better today because you're going to be team members. Uh, it's the, you know a person that we affectionately call the Bone Doctor. Uh, joined Patreon June fifteenth, twenty twenty. Been with us a long time. Rules guy impersonator on Patreon, and that is Chase Ansock. How are you, Chase? I'm doing great. Thank you guys very much for having me. Of course, and uh, just refresh everyone's memory about uh, who you are and um, and uh, anything else you'd like to say today. Uh, so I'm here in Detroit, Michigan. Um, as you guys, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, so fix a lot of broken bones and torn ligaments, all all that fun stuff. Uh, practices up and running. I'm officially board certified, which is a nice kind of weight to take off my shoulders. And then uh, now that we're you know financially stable and doing great, we decided well we, the best way to uproot that is to get pregnant. So we have our first kid due in May. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> congrats, man. Thank you. Yeah, so very exciting times uh, here in Detroit. Well, congratulations. Uh, and speaking of bones, um, you both had picked a team name. You're going to play against me and Jeff today. Uh, what is your team name going to be today? Uh, we're going to be No Bones About It. All right, no bones about it. And Jeff, you said uh, we we had a good team name uh, on our side as well. Yeah, uh, I was feeling the no. I was feeling the doctor theme. And I think in honor of TLC, we're going to be no scrubs. Got to love TLC. Uh, David, any preference on the rules read? Oh, let's go. How about Gilbert Gottfried? All right. uh, We are going to go to Gilbert Gottfried and we'll be back after we hear the rules. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round, players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. And you, Triviality, I'm talking to you. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Thank you, uh, Gilbert, as always. What a great rules reading. And uh, I, I'm pretty good, Jeff. Are you ready to go? 
Let's do it. All right, let's see what we can do, and if we can, uh, you know, uh, force some HIPAA violations on them this time. Uh, <laughs> David, take it away. All right, guys, uh, let's go. Round one, question one. The category is advertising. So according to a 1999 TV guide list of the 25 best commercials of all time, which international auto manufacturer has two of the top five commercials ever, both released in the 1960s? In more recent years, the company had a viral Super Bowl ad campaign featuring a child dressed as Darth Vader. I think Jeff and I are on the same page here. Jeff likes cars. I like commercials. And actually, Jeff, um, isn't it this one? Oh, yes, you are correct. Okay, uh, we're going to use the force and we're going to lock in. Yeah, I'm not familiar with like the particular commercials there. My first thought was was VW. Um, okay. Because they like to do kind of quirky commercials. The bugs sure. would have been coming out right in the 60s. Right, right, right. Like I think of like Mad Men, they had the famous print ad that got a, got a lot of press of uh, like, is this a lemon? yellow colored uh, Volkswagen Beetle, but I, the Darth Vader commercial totally eludes me. Yeah. I, uh, unfortunately I'm a notorious non-watcher of the Super Bowl, So, uh, that's in, unless, uh, certain teams are in it, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know that route in, um, but that sounds like a really, uh, well thought out rationale there. So I'm, I'm all, all aboard right. with the Volkswagen. Cool. So we're going to go with, yeah, Volkswagen VW. Yep, uh, we discussed over here and uh, got a little tap from Dutch Boy, even though he's from the Netherlands, but he said Volkswagen, so we went Volkswagen. Well, points to both teams. Uh, the number three commercial was called Funeral Procession. The number four commercial was called Driver Helps Out Snowplow Driver. The answer was Volkswagen. Points to both. Nice job, Chase. Great job. Okay, round one, question two. The category is Politicians. So other than FDR, who is the only person to appear on a major, part, a major party presidential ticket as either president or vice president for four consecutive elections? I think we can lock in, Neil. Oh, that's better than my answer. So I don't know if you can tell what that is, but I like your answer better. Okay, uh, we're going to lock in. All right. Um, I'm not the best with presidents here, but something that, that I think maybe an in uh, with Grover Cleveland because he had that that gap thing. So maybe he like somehow lost a, a follow-up election and then kept running. And maybe he was on vice president ticket before that or. Yeah. Cause he could have like, he could have lost one, lost one. Right. Before. Right. Um, or or he could have won as a vice president previously too. You know, yeah. I, I don't actually know if he was or wasn't, but. My, my only other thought would be Teddy Roosevelt, because I okay. know he specifically ran for the Bull Moose Party as president. So that's yeah. at least three, because he, he had his two However, terms. And he then did one. say major party, so I don't know oh, if that, if that yeah, yeah. wouldn't okay. count there. Because I also thought I, about, like, well, Ralph Nader's been running for the Green yeah, Party no, for forever. So um, yeah, that, yeah, that totally negates my thought. So no, I, yeah. I, like your, I like the idea. Let's go uh, Grover Cleveland. Let's, let's try Grover. Okay, we'll do that. We'll lock in with uh, Grover Cleveland. All right, so Neil, let me uh, lock this one in real quick. Uh, I hope that we're right. If I, if memory serves, um, Richard Nixon uh, was Eisenhower's vice president. He would have run against Kennedy. He would have then run against uh, LBJ in '68. Sorry, '64, and he would have run against uh, a Democrat in '68 to win. So that's four in a row. So okay. that's what we went with. We went with. Uh, Richard Nixon. Well, I stumped the group there. Uh, Jeff, Barry Goldwater interrupted your streak there in 1964. Oh, he yeah. ran against Lyndon Johnson. 
You guys went too far back. You should have gone to 80, 84, 88, 92. George Herbert Walker Bush. Ah, oh, Neil was right. I Sorry, drew, Neil. I drew a bush here and I, I pointed to it and I said, maybe it's bush. <laughs> but I thought it was just squiggles. I don't know. I'm feeling good tonight, though. I, I, my gut is actually on point. I, I don't have to take any migraine medicine. I took it this morning, so that means I'm clean. <laughs> so no limitless pill. Jeff was seduced by the allure of the mill house. I was seduced by Barry Goldwater. <laughs> he saw some flashlights on his uh, his notebook, and he was drawn to them, so he had to go there. Seduced by Barry Goldwater might be the title for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, round one, question three. Let's go to music. How about that? So since 2000, four different solo female artists have had the number one worldwide music tour as as measured by revenue made in a given calendar year. Name two of the four artists. For two bonus points each, complete the list. All right. uh, Jeff and I are locked in over here. We discussed uh, a bunch of names, and uh, we think we have two pretty good ones, but uh, we're going to lock in officially. Um, so we'll, we talked about it quite a bit as well, um, had some deliberation, came up with a lot of names, but we decided to lock in with Lady Gaga and, uh, and Taylor Swift as our two top. And then, um, I guess to round out, if we're going to try to complete the list, we also said, um, Beyonce and it's Britney bitch. All right. Well, um, kudos to Jeff, um, on this one, uh, he right away came up with, uh, Gaga and Taylor. So we're also officially locking in with those two. We also said Britney. And for some reason, I remember in the early 2000s, even though she doesn't really tour too much anymore, Madonna had like a huge tour and was like right up with like Springsteen um, for revenue, even though it was like later in her career. So we said Madonna for the fourth one. Okay. A lot of great uh, banter there and guesses. Two points will go out on this question to uh, no scrubs for the Madonna pull at the end there. So two bonus points will go out. The two, the, the, the four, the four, the four, uh, women you could have said would have been surprisingly number one, uh, I think in the year 2000, Tina Turner had the number one worldwide tour. Then you could have said Madonna. This is in chronological order. Tina Turner, Madonna, Taylor Swift, and then Pink. Oh, Pink. Really? Wow. Okay. I saw Pink open for NSYNC before she was like really famous. That was kind of fun. Um, so did I, I think she actually opened for Justin Timberlake solo. That sounds right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, how about we'll stay with a different uh, female singer there. Uh, no scrubs answer Madonna. So question four, staying in music and staying with Madonna. So name the Madonna song, which was her second number one hit. The song was released as a single from a movie soundtrack. And as another hint, which perhaps only would help me if I were playing in this game, this song was my junior prom theme, which I attended with my wife, Leanne, 25 years ago. Although the song was released sometime before that. It's like I doubt they're going to uh, have a prom theme be like a virgin, but yeah, right, exactly. That's... So I, I think I think that was her first one. So the right. question is, I mean, what came after that? Um, I think Papa Don't Preach was probably around then. There's a is Material Girl of a Madonna song. It is. Um, I just don't know if it ever. That's the thing. I don't know which one's hit number one. Like I even. I even listened to a listened to a podcast called Hit Parade, and they did a whole episode on Madonna. I wish I'd. Oh wow burn that into my brain but <laughs> I, I don't know what her second number one hit was I, I i think material girl's not a bad guess um otherwise yeah i'm just um, trying to think of what could what could be potential prom themes you know uh, papa don't preach would be a little i mean yeah, not... in the in the bible belt you know possibly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know 
Again, I don't think Material Girl, even if it was number one, is probably not a great prom theme. But I mean, it couldn't. It, you could have some pretty cool dresses. I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. yeah I'm I'm not great with Madonna's. Uh, you know what? Now I'm just gonna go on a binge for the next week of Madonna songs just to punish myself for not knowing this. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm I can't think of anything else. Okay. So. I mean, it's the first thing you thought of. I think it's good. Let's just go Material sure. Girl. Okay. I was really pulling for a. Uh... Isla Bonita prom, <laughs> junior prom theme for us, but that didn't happen. So what do we go with, Neil? Uh, so for some reason, I was really thinking Lucky Star, but I always forget if like that was her first number one hit or maybe it never reached number one. But I, I always thought Like a Virgin was her first number it one It might hit. have been. I, I always, for some reason, I always lean Lucky Star for questions, which is normally wrong. But then I remember the, I was thinking about the film soundtrack question uh, or part of the question. And then I remember she did a song called Crazy For You which is like, I think it's kind of like a ballad crazy for you. Anyway, I think that's what it is. So we went crazy for you. Hoping Neil's into the groove on this one. Oh, well, Neil is quite into the groove. This, the movie was vision quest. The song was crazy <laughs> for you. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, man, That one took me a while. If, there, if there's a way to get to an answer through an eighties movie, Neil is going to get it every time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I you know I don't get too many '90s movie ones because I think I'd know the '90s even better. But um, you would think, yeah. At least I know that, and and I don't know anything about you know taxes or healthcare, so it's helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, round one, question five. Let's go to sports geography. So Qatar is set to become the smallest country to host a World Cup, either by population or by area. Name either of the two different countries who held those distinctions before this year. All right, Jeff and I are locked in, and you guys can feel free to talk it out. Turns out we know a lot about World Cup. What is it? Soccer? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's so much that it took us forever to lock in an answer. Impressive. Well, yeah, we, um, we both came to the same right. thought right away um, and didn't debate about it for very long, which might be to our detriment, but we both immediately thought Uruguay, and that's what we locked in with. Yeah, we threw a lot of uh, countries at each other, and we were just saying, oh, that's too big, that's too big. We said Ireland. We don't even think Ireland's ever had one before, but Jeff, your gut was on one country like right away. Yeah, um, we said Switzerland. Oh, okay. Those are two great guesses. If I were to ask the teams right now, so no bones, would you have said Uruguay was the smallest population or the smallest by area? By area, uh, I'd say population. <laughs> I'd say population probably, but I, I don't know. I guess no, that wasn't the question. So. And no scrubs. You would have said Switzerland was the smallest by area. Well, you guys got both countries. No Great way. job! Ooh, wow. And Switzerland. Great pull there. Yeah, that's those were the two. Uruguay by population, Switzerland by area. Good teamwork, everyone. Nice. Awesome. After five questions, it looks like No Bones About It is on the board with 20 points. And with the two bonus points from the World Tour question, No Scrubs is at 32. All right, great, guys. Round one, question six. The category is awards. So who was the first performer to win a primetime lead acting Emmy, either for comedy or drama, for a show which aired on HBO? We are locked in over here, gentlemen. Alrighty, Chase, I'll let you take this away here. Yeah. Uh, so we chatted for a little bit just about you know, when someone would have won an award. Uh, but I think even before Veep or any of the big shows, I mean, the, the first thing that, you know, and I think HBO, I think The Sopranos. And so we went with James Gandolfini. So we had a, a very similar 
conversation um it's, we're, it's we, tough though because we named a couple shows that are right in that era too um i mean oz i think came out before the sopranos yeah and the wire and sex and, in um, the city and we kept so jeff right away said james gandolfini and we we're like yeah but that's it can't be it because it's like you know it's it's what you would think it would be and then we just we couldn't think of anything better so we just ended up saying james gandolfini well i think as the saying goes right church wrong pew the answer is Edie falco oh the year before in 1999 she won for best actress james gandolfini wins the following year oh. wow Great question. And we, we even yeah, had the thought of, well, who else from The Sopranos would right. one? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Nurse Jackie, talking about nurses here. Nurse there Jackie. You go. All right, round one, question seven in Landmarks. So in which state would you find the Crypt of Civilization? It is the oldest and largest time capsule in the world. It was sealed in 1940 and is not scheduled to be open until the year 8,113. 8, While the time capsule, which is located on the grounds of Oglethorpe University, doesn't have any item of great value, such as gold or silver. It does have an original manuscript for the film Gone with the Wind, an item of local interest. Name the state. You know what state it was? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we can lock in. Good. <laughs> I was, I was, man, I was even, I thought you were going to say the city, which was you know, kind of slumdogging it. I was, I was just kind of in this area. Um, so that's Atlanta. So it's the answer is Georgia. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, finally, I finally one that I just knew cold. That's, yeah, I didn't know that. Good so <laughs> thanks there. Uh, yeah, so we had a, a similar conversation, and um, I believe the author Margaret Mitchell was also from Atlanta, where the the film takes place. We said Georgia. Well, I didn't know if my game was playing a little hard, so I threw in a little clue there about item of local interest. But I'm I don't know whether it it helped. Uh, I don't. I think no bones about it would have known it without it. But in either in either event, it was Georgia. Points to both teams. I mean, come on. Everyone knows Oglethorpe University is in Brookhaven, Georgia. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. I thought it, I thought it was going to be... I, I looked that up because I had never heard did, of it Yeah, before. I hadn't heard of it either, but <laughs> shout out to all our listeners at Oglethorpe. I thought it was going to be in Pawnee uh, with the time capsule, yeah. like Parks oh. and Rec, but... Why 8,113? I, I saw it in a book. It was, it's, it's like that was the earliest recorded year that the guy could find who started the time capsule, and he went the complete other end forward. Okay. okay. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So he's like trying to be the halfway point right, between exactly. civilization exactly. and that point. Okay. Exactly. It's kind of cool, actually. It's like a huge room sealed in the university, though. So how do they know when to open it? Is there like a le someone left a letter, or is it actually will open by itself? No, you'll know. No, I think there's instructions there's, on the door. Okay. There's a manual clock that <laughs> someone has say, to yeah. go and wind into the key <laughs> every, every like day. six months or something. Yep. They have just to an alarm. We'll never know this, the but there's going to be some janitor uh yeah. or local per like a matt damon person who like is really fascinated with this time capsule who's just gonna take a peek and open it oh no the whole world is gonna be completely destroyed by then and someone will find it in like 18 113 yeah right just floating through space ruins. yeah <laughs> all right our new, our new ape overlords <laughs> uh okay so moving on round one question eight so let's go to my area of quote-unquote expertise, the law. How about a question on the law? Engblom versus Carey, a Second Circuit Court of Appeals case from 1982, is one of the few court decisions interpreting this amendment. This amendment has never been the primary basis for a Supreme Court decision. Okay, we are going to lock in over here. Or as, as I should say, David, what's the proper law term? Our counsel will submit uh, <laughs> a, a notice, or not a notice, what's it called? 
a brief. A brief. I don't yeah. Know. I, yeah, we'll submit a brief that we're locked in. The verdict. Let's hear the verdict. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Are you guys locked in over there? Yeah, we're locked in. Uh, our, our closing argument was in support of the Fourth Amendment being the answer to this question. Ooh, that's great. Um, well, uh, we thought, you know, well, you say it, Jeff, because it was an interesting angle. Oh, basically, uh, we, we went through the amendments and we were like, one, two, three, four. And by the time we decided to plead the fifth, we thought maybe nobody's ever challenged that self-incrimination thing. So. so I'm tempted to give either full or half credit to no bones about it, because I, of course, am hearing their chat. They got exactly the gist of the amendment. They just had the wrong number. So no. the, the no. answer, and that's why I put in the chat, actually, I said, I'll accept the number or the general idea of the amendment, because I kind of saw this train wreck happening in front of my <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think the Fourth Amendment is search and seizure. But anyway, the Third Amendment is the quartering third. of, quartering of yeah. soldiers. And right. the Second yeah. Circuit Court of Appeals case was interpreting whether National Guardsmen are soldiers for purposes of the Third Amendment. Oh, interesting. So the answer is the Third Amendment quartering of soldiers. But yeah. my game's playing a little hard, and I'm being pretty generous. Well, yeah, so I think we definitely Jace, give no yeah, bones some points here. He was saying the quartering soldiers. He's like, what amendment's that? And I was like, I don't know, fourth? And he's like, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, we, I'll, I'll shamefully take, shamefully right take that credit. <laughs> We're like, oh, freedom of press speech? Oh, yeah, for sure. Second Amendment? Absolutely. <laughs> third Amendment? Yeah, soldiers, let's go. <laughs> no, there's no Third Amendment cases anywhere. That's one of the few oh, ones. Well. Yeah, feel I do. Yeah, let's just give them full points. Why not? They if if they oh, we, we should take half. Take half I, points. I'm fine. Half is half is fine. I think that's yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll we'll uh, we'll appeal it later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> take it all the way to the Supreme Court. Of triviality. So what are we saying, Neil? Points. Half uh, points. Half points. <laughs> half points. Half points. How about that? Sounds good. All right. So moving away from the law, back to sports. Question nine. So in 1974, Kansas City's Larry Brunson set the record, which still stands today for fewest rushing yards in a post-merger NFL season. For 10 points, what position did Larry Brunson play? And for five bonus points, within five yards up or down, what was his rushing total in 1974? Okay, uh, we're, we're going to lock in over here, guys. We're going to lock in with, with quarterback, with the logic that he just got sacked a bunch, and the sacks counted against his yards, and then negative uh, 20. All right. Uh, we thought there might be like a cute answer to this. We weren't sure. We, we weren't familiar with the name Larry Brunson. So we thought, well, it can't be like a quarterback running back um, just because that would be too easy. And we thought, you know, maybe it's the holder for place kicks and it, whether the, the snap was muffed or they try to fake and he never really got a lot of yards. Uh, usually they're like punters. So we said it was the holder slash punter uh, with zero yards. Well, unfortunately, no points to either team. Uh, Larry Brunson, the poor fellow, ran a bunch of uh, jet sweeps and reverses and got tackled behind the line of scrimmage. He was a wide receiver. That's a wide receiver. And he rushed for negative 37 yards. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love that. So, hey, all of us have rushed for more yards than Larry Brunson. Oh, that's true. Wow, that's true. You put that in your Twitter, Twitter bio. Yeah. Second right. least uh, rushing yards <laughs> in the history of the NFL. <laughs> yep. I think you. I anyway. think we'd have to technically suit up to get that record, but. Well, that's okay. No one needs to know. But it's it's nice to know that you aren't the worst just coming into the league. That's true. It would be funny if a holder ran for negative thirty, like just one really epically bad like snap, and he <laughs> yeah. just runs backwards for thirty-seven yards. Oh I mean, that's something the Bears would pull. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes it's the backup quarterback. So I, I still maintain my answer was. Very <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, okay, let's go to the last question here in round one, categories talk shows. So what former daytime host who hosted an eponymous talk show from 1991 to 2003 was the winner of the 1986 comedy competition on Star Search? Okay, yeah, so we, we talked a little bit um, about a couple different show hosts. Uh, this question slightly predates both of us, not in terms of us not being alive, just in terms of us not watching daytime uh, shows, but uh, but we... Uh, Chase came up with uh, Montel Williams. We mentioned Montel Williams. We threw a lot of names out that were wrong, but we were just trying to get you know the the vomit out of our mouth. You know, we said Maury and Montel and Sally Jesse Raphael, and we knew Arsenio was was prime time because the Bill Clinton thing. And then Jeff was like, you know, who did you watch if you were home from school? And um, and I remember uh, Rosie O'Donnell being on TV all the time. And we were trying to track track her back. We we're like, well, League of Their Own was like ninety two, like Flintstones ninety three, ninety four. So maybe she was up and coming late eighties because we couldn't really remember where she got her start. So we just kind of put our chips in on Rosie O'Donnell because we knew she was a stand up. I thought somebody might say Rosie O'Donnell because she obviously has a comedy background. That's not right. It's not Montel Williams. This uh, woman did host her show in Chicago. Her show ended sort of infamously. The answer was Jenny Jones. Oh, Jenny Jones. For everyone listening at home, if you thought it was Rosie O'Donnell, you were very close because her show was 96 to 2002, and she actually got her breakthrough on Star Search in 1984, not 1986, so hmm. very close uh, randomly. But uh, after the first round, it looks like uh, No Bones About It uh, has 35 points uh, with the bonus five that they got uh, from the uh, legal precedent, and uh, Team No Scrubs is uh, on the board with uh, 47. So still a very close game. Uh, right before we go to David for the swing round, just want to thank them one more time for being patrons. You can join them at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast and help us continue to grow. Uh, as we said, they've all been patrons since uh, 2018 and 2020, so they've been with us a long time, and uh, we super appreciate it. And uh, we'd, we'd love to um, just uh, enjoy many more patrons helping us grow uh, and also getting all of our main feed episodes uh, ad-free. So if you'd like to get them ad-free, you can just download the RSS link um, on the membership page of your Patreon, and you can get all of our main feed episodes ad-free, as well as all of our bonus episodes um, that come out uh, twice monthly as well. So if you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. David, uh, what do we have in store for the swing round? Yeah, so for the swing round, I sort of think his triviality right now is maybe you know my new favorite. It was something I like watching as kids was game shows, and I kind of feel like triviality right now is probably my favorite game show to sort of like enjoy. So what I have is 10 final rounds or bonus rounds or unique rounds from game shows. You name the show. And to help, I will also provide the network where the show first aired and the year where the version of the show which featured this round premiered, as many of these shows have had multiple versions. Um, so let's go. Number one, uh, Fast Money, ABC, 1976. Number two, The Winner's Circle, and there are two possible answers here, either CBS 1973 or NBC 1987. Number three, No or Go, NBC 2017. Number four, Without Words, Fox 2017. Number five, Room to Room Romp, Nickelodeon 1987. Number six, Mystery Guest Round, CBS 1950. Number seven, Jail Time Challenge, PBS, 1991. Number eight, Golden Medley, NBC Radio, 1954. Number nine, Face the Devil, 
CBS, 1972. Number 10, The Snack Break, MTV, 1987. Okay, we will discuss all of our answers and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, all the answers are now locked in. Let's go back to David for the clues and we'll give our final answers. Okay, so in the swing round for game shows, question number one was Fast Money, a show that debuted on ABC in 1976. Jeff knew this one, uh, we think, and we said Family Feud. All right. Uh, we went with um, a show that we think has kind of changed names over time, but we said uh, Pyramid or $10,000 Pyramid. So this is a show where at the end there, you got to give your answers quickly within a time uh, frame, and you got to see what the survey says. It is Family Feud. Yeah, the doctors here were close on so many of these. All right, so number two, let's go to the winner's circle. There are two possible answers, CBS 1973 or NBC 1987. This one we didn't have a great idea on, so uh, we decided maybe they made a game show out of the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> it basically is a game show. You know, at the end, they all run around in a circle. I mean, come on, it makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, who has the best scruff and whatnot. Um we we knew we or we thought I should say that this one was one of the pyramids. We couldn't remember if it was three thousand, ten thousand, or a hundred thousand. So we said a hundred thousand dollar pyramid. So I'm going to just give credit for pyramid because pyramid is one of them. I think it was just called pyramid when it debuted in 1973. After the regular game, the two contestants walk over to the circle for the final bonus round. The other game that you could have gave, and I didn't know this until I started researching this, was Alex Trebek's classic concentration in 1987. If anybody remembers that game. Oh, I love watching that on uh, GSN. But yeah, basically you have to like remember the pieces as they get flipped over. Yeah. It's like a memory and concentration oh, game. Okay. And every prize was a 1984 Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> 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 okay, number three. Uh, going a little more recent here. Uh, know or Go, NBC 2017. Um, we thought that this might be a new iteration of the very popular Cash Cab where you either know it or you get out and have to walk yourself, which is kind of how it works anyway, but... Great guess there, too. We had no idea. We just figured 2017, no or go. Maybe We thought maybe it's deal or no deal. So this was the game where uh, Ellen DeGeneres, at the end of there, if you didn't know the answer, they would drop you down the platform. So it is Ellen's Game Ellen's of Games. Game of Games, yeah. I should have friend on that. I should have known that. <laughs> About number four, staying in the year 2017, we had Without Words, Fox 2017. We talked about this one for a, a little bit. Um, I think it's one of the games where there's some music playing um, and you got to do something with the music. Uh, we said maybe beat Shazam, but then we changed our minds and said finish the lyric. Yeah, we went the other way, uh, thought, thinking it was music related. We said beat Shazam. 
Well, they always tell you to trust your first instincts, Chase, and I wish you did because it is beat Shazam. So points to no scrubs on that one. So number five, I think this is probably the most obscure one on the list. Let's go Room to Room Romp, Nickelodeon, 1987. Um. Definitely before uh, my time of watching Nickelodeon game shows, um, I seem to remember there being something that was called like games and sports, Nickelodeon games and sports that they just shortened to gas. So I just guessed gas. Uh, this is what we, uh, me and Taylor referred to ourselves on the third floor of Courier Hall at University of Iowa, uh, room to room romp. But uh, we over here said Double Dare. Well, that's close, Neil. Um, if you were a child of the 80s, Double Dare was often followed by the show Finders Keepers. And oh. that is the answer to that question. Uh, man, it I... was basically where children run around a big giant house and they have to rummage through rooms to look for clues and things like that. I forgot about is that, that what one. They had to, what was it? Okay, never mind. I'm just thinking when they had to dig through all the nasty like giant noses and stuff. Is that what? No, that's, that's Double Dare. That's Double Dare. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to go way back. Let's go to CBS in 1950, number six, The Mystery Guest Round. I was trying to think of popular game shows from that era that I've seen clips from. Um, I was thinking this is maybe what's my line. Oh, that's a good guess too. Yeah, we were we had the same thought. We're like, what could what's the oldest game show we could think of? And I I remember uh, Groucho Marx was on one. I'm not sure if this is the one he was on, but we said you bet your life. So this round is where you had a celebrity come out and they would disguise their voice, and the the panel would sort of have to guess who it was and. Uh, no bones about it. Latched onto this one early on. It was what's my line. Mm, Good job. Very nice pull. Points done, finally. Points. <laughs> Good job. All right, number seven. Let's go to 1991 PBS, the Jail Time Challenge. Um, Chase almost immediately said, uh, "This is Carmen Sandiego." So that's what we went with. I can't believe we missed this. I know. I feel bad. We we just enthusiastically uh, che- or, uh, locked in with Oz. So. <laughs> No, that would be a very adult version, I guess, of this game show. No, I think uh, this was the one where in that round they had the loot, the crook, and the warrant, and it was the jail time challenge on where is the world is Carmen, where in the world is Carmen San Diego. So more points for no bones about it. Great job. All right, number eight, we have the Golden Medley, a show that debuted actually on radio, NBC Radio, in 1954. Uh, this one, the only game show I think you could play on the radio has to be something music related. So I said, name that tune. That's a great guess. Uh, we Again, we're trying to think of really old TV shows, uh, and we just said to tell the truth. Points again to no bones about it. That is name that tune. Great job. All right, let's go to number nine here, and let's uh, face the devil with CBS 1972. There's a little discussion here um, about the the word of the beginning, but um, Chase couldn't decide between push or press your luck when we, we went with press your luck. Oh, nice. I can't remember. No whammies. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the one with no whammies? Yeah. Yep. Um, Jeff, you came up with this one. I don't even know if we got it right, but you said uh, Joker's Wild. I believe it's Joker's Wild. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Chase's reaction there might have given away that <laughs> that answer sounded right, because if you're pulling the slot machine on the Joker's Wild, ah. you don't want to get the devil. So that was the Joker's Wild. Great job, Jeff. And let's finish out the uh, game show bonus round, swing round with little snack break mtv 1987 yeah we couldn't think of any game shows that had ever been on uh mtv because we started watching the real world and road rules and this predates that so uh we said this might was beavis and butthead's wild ride 
I couldn't quite remember if this was the right show. Um, it sounded right. I, I only went on it by the year because MTV didn't really have a lot of game shows um, that I remember. But I think it was a game show that had appearances by Colin Quinn, of all people. And mm. we said remote control. Yeah, I saw Jeff there having a snack during the uh, break here in the swing round. And if he was in a recliner and the snack fell on him from the ceiling, it would be MTV's remote control where Colin Quinn and Adam Sandler had their first TV appearances. So it was remote control. After the swing round, it looks like no bones about it. Picking up 15 points, bringing their total to an even 50. And picking up 25 points is no scrubs, bringing uh, our total to 72 going into the second round. Okay, so after the swing round here, let's go on to round two. The first category uh, for question run round two is TV characters. So I started this game with a TV guide list. Let's go back to another one. So in another 1999 TV guide list, the magazine ranked the top 100 television characters of all time. Which actor, likely known more to audiences in 2022 for his work in films and also his work on another very, very long-running sitcom, portrayed this number one character of all time? So the longest-running sitcom that's still on is It's Always Sunny. Um, so I think of like TV characters. Oh, you know what? This might be Danny DeVito. Yeah. Because he was in Taxi, which was okay. would have been a beloved show that was on for a long right. time. I don't remember the name of the character that he was. But he was the little. Was he the guy in the wall or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. they, he wanted the actor, right? So if okay. we say Danny DeVito, that that gets us for longest running sitcom. That gets you know the gets someone that would have been known for films and TV for a long time. So I just know I know Danny DeVito was really popular for Taxi. I don't remember the character's name. I just I can't imagine that he'd be number one of all time. But, but this was this was twenty four years ago. Three oh years oh, ago. in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it could have been that. People were still fondly reminiscing about Taxi. I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to come up with anything better because like Ron Howard was a good guest, but he's not on TV show now. Right. And the only clue that's leading me to Danny DeVito is long-running sitcom that's still on. So. Yeah, and there's no other main character on that show that was relevant. Yeah, right. That long ago. <laughs> Do you want to just try? Sure. We okay. can. We'll lock in Danny DeVito with a great heap of uncertainty. So I guess in retrospect, the editors or whoever selected this list of TV guides, you know, 50 greatest characters, um, probably not a good sign that no one here on the panel could remember this character's name right now. But you guys did somehow get to the correct answer. It is Louis De Palma from Taxi, portrayed by Danny DeVito. So Danny DeVito gets points for both teams. Good job. All right. Round two, question two, music. So big in Japan is a phrase describing a band or artist which achieves significantly more success in Japan than other parts of the world. Perhaps no band personifies big in Japan than this power pop group, which the Japanese press described as the American Beatles. I want you to want to get this answer. Don't surrender. We can lock in. I'm not going to karaoke on the show, uh, but you're going to get stuck with it anyway. But it's, I want want you to want me. You to want me. me. That is, Is it's uh, not... It, it's not Wait, the cars. It's um, it's not the no no. It, it's it's, the it's definitely a C. The clash? No, not the clash. No, no, no. No, no. It's um. And then and you said something <laughs> about Friday, surrender, but um, that's yeah. It, it's the same, it's, it's same it's band. The cure, sings. right? Surrender. No, it's def a hundred percent not the cure. It's um. Okay. Hold on, I'm gonna get there. <laughs> uh, it is. Okay, we're on the right. It's it's a C. It's um yeah. it's cheap trick. 
Cheap trick. Cheap trick. Yes. Yes. That, duh. Okay. That's, right. I, that's, that's you what I want. It. You yeah. don't want me. I need you to need me. Yeah. yeah. That, that's cheap you know trick. what? I think I'm getting those messed up because back in the days where I definitely didn't illegally download anything on LimeWire and or FrostWire and or Napster and or any, <laughs> or any of other those file sharing sites, file sharing. Uh, they would always have the wrong artist with the song name and I would get them mixed up all the time. But uh, yes, you're right. I, cheap trick. I'm yes. Uh, yeah, we uh, we agree. We said cheap trick. Well, the American Beatles, as Chase somehow worked in his mind palace, came out with it. It is cheap trick. Great job. To both teams, we're two for two in round two. Great job. All right, let's go to question three in round two, science. So after hydrogen, H, and helium, HE, numbers one and two on the periodic table, what are the next pair of consecutive elements which chemical symbols share the same first letter? Oh, we can lock in. Oh, sweet. Okay. So I'm, I'm going through them in my I'm going through them in my head because the first like 10 pretty much all are one letter. They're not, but like they're pretty much and they're pretty much all different at least my i i feel like magnesium and manganese are like mgm no they're they're not Mag no, magnesium they're not, is no. um in the same little column yeah it's not um okay. all right um trying to think so so i'm just trying to i'm trying to, to be think right now oh um because what, what's number four it's um it goes lithium and then burn it's a it's a b beryllium um, it's oh, it's, it uh, be, it's okay. hydrogen, it, it, helium, it, 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 lithium, beryllium, boron. Oh, beryllium and boron. boron. And boron. This is just right yeah. there. Okay, wow. I, why, why didn't I just list them in my head and go from there? Yeah, beryllium, boron. Yeah, let's do that. Four and five. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did the same. We said hydrogen, helium, lithium, beryllium, boron, carbon, hydrogen. And then we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. and we went back whoa, whoa, and whoa, we whoa, were whoa. like, oh, yeah, we can just stop right there. So we said beryllium and boron. Points right now are falling like snacks on remote control. So we're three for three in round two. It is beryllium and boron. So great job to both teams. Three for three. Okay, round two, question four. I had this category, I think, the last time I hosted, but I like it. So also a wrestling tag team. So one of the two S.E. Hinton novels adapted for the big screen in 1983. The tag team of the same name was formed in 1996. I mean, we don't know wrestling. We don't know movies. We don't even know who S.E. Hinton is. So... <laughs> Uh, we're going to go with the tag team that I would join, which is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Awesome. And if you're a pacifist, it would be Bone Hugs and Harmony. Um, but Jeff, um, it's so funny. So I immediately thought of Rumblefish with Matt Dillon. Um, and I immediately thought of you staying gold. Exactly. The Outsiders. The Outsiders. And um, I, I'm surprised I didn't even think of that with Swayze being in it. But uh, Outsiders, I believe, was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. So uh, we locked in with The Outsiders. Yeah, name that's been mentioned on the podcast once or twice in the past year, starring Patrick Swayze. It was The Outsiders. I forgot they were called that for a while. Okay, round two, question five. Let's go to video games. In 2021, Arcade 1UP released a home arcade version of the classic Simpsons arcade game, commemorating its 30th anniversary. In the game, while Bart uses a skateboard and Marge uses a vacuum cleaner, which weapon does Lisa use to fight off enemies? We can lock in. Okay. Isn't it? Uh, she's her, a, a, is it her necklace? It's a jump rope. Or no, no, a jump I, I rope. Thought it was yeah, a that's right. Rope. I'm pretty sure. Oh, because she. Rope. Yeah. No, I think you're right. They said jump rope. Jeff, you knew this one right away. I couldn't remember, so. Uh, I didn't know right away, but I had a good guess, and you and I both had the same guess, so we just said tenor saxophone. You know, I thought somebody might say saxophone, and it's not. It's the jump rope. So points nice. to the doctors. Nice. Yeah, I could just there I could just go. see this like whipping motion. I don't, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, very nice, Chase. <laughs> Yeah. 
After five in the second round, it looks like no bones about it, picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 90 points. And no scrubs, picking up 40 extra points. And with those two bonus points from the last round, our total is going to be 112, or as we like to call it, peaches and cream here at Triviality. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Let's go to round two, uh, question six. The category is gambling. And this, you know, Matt's not here today, but he's on the current string of podcasts I'm listening to. He's got like seven horse racing questions in a row. So let's give you a horse racing question. So in horse racing, what is the name of the wager where to win you must select the winners of two consecutive races in a row? This wager is almost always offered for the first two races on a racing card. And for a hint, there is a game show tie into this wager. I'm either very excited about a wrong answer or we talked ourselves <laughs> into it. But uh, again, I, I, so you're betting on two races. It's uh, the races of the day. So we think maybe if you're betting on those, it'd be the, the, the daily double. We agree. Yeah, I had no, I absolutely no idea about horse racing. And Jeff said a bunch of terms. And when he said daily double, we're like, oh, game show. Well, um, here's just a quick aside. I'm headed down to Louisville this weekend to watch the Pitt football team play. And we're going to take a detour with the family to Keeneland. And the first two races of the day, I will be betting the daily double. Nice. So points nice. to both teams. We sussed it out. All right. So round two, question seven. Let's go to musicals. So the Phantom of the Opera will be closing on Broadway in 2023 after nearly 14,000 performances. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, there have been musicals which have closed after only one performance on opening night. The last such musical with this ignominious fate occurred in 1998 when this musical about four friends closed after only one show. Despite the title, it is not a Bruce Springsteen jukebox musical. Okay, uh, we are reluctantly locked in over here. We, we know it has to sound like Bruce Springsteen, and it's a musical you don't want to watch. So, Born in the USA, Born to Run, Grease 3, Pink Cadillac, or Glory Days. Of all those, I, I think Glory Days is is the best musical that I can make. So, Glory Days. We had, like, the exact same conversation. Um, Except my vote was for Fire. You know, the, oh, I'm on fire. Yeah. Well, I, it was a good guess. We had all these guesses. I, I know a lot about musicals, but I'd never heard this story before. It's really interesting. I can't wait to look it up. But um, when we said Glory Days, Jeff was like, oh, it could be like four friends who are older now reliving their high school or whatever. And so we went with Glory Days as well. Not much glory for the, the show. Some glory for that question, though. So points to both teams. Nice. It was Glory oh, wow. Days. Very nice. Out, guys. Yeah, if you wouldn't have had that clue about four friends or something, I don't think we would have. I, we were going to go born in the USA just because it sounded like the easiest to promote and the easiest to fail. But yeah. All right. Round two, question eight. Let's go to restaurants. So I just mentioned going to Kentucky. So while the state of Kentucky was obviously the fir- home to the first KFC, which other fast food restaurant, also known for fried foods, had its first location in Kentucky in 1969? In 2013, a combo meal from this restaurant was declared by the Center for Science and the Public Interest as the, quote, worst meal in America. Name the restaurant. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I like that. I don't like that, which is why it's my guess. Okay. I can't think of any. (laughs) Yeah. um, Jeff has, I guess, a a guess that he doesn't like, but um, it has fried food. We're going to lock in. Okay. So the first thing I can think of, and I'm thinking of, like, bad fried food, and I've actually never even been inside one of these restaurants, but I've not that I don't like fast food. To the fast food community, I love you. But to this specific <laughs> restaurant, I've never had you, and I don't plan on ever going inside you. We'll leave it oh, at God. that. <laughs> um, but would it be Long John Silver's? 
another Oz reference. I don't think, no? I don't think so. Like I, as long as those, I think is a, is newer. Like I don't think okay. it goes back that far. Well, I'm just thinking like, of other fried stuff because they have so fried I'm, fish I'm, I'm and thinking of like chicken the, as well. Yeah. Um, like, I don't really think this is going to have to be fried, right? It just has to be like disgustingly right. unhealthy. So I'm thinking of like the, the old okay. school, like, like think like, like old fast food is like McDonald's, Burger King, A&W, um, Obviously, KFC's on pretty there. old, but that's not from Kentucky. I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess we go with your, your first instinct thing because I can't think of a better way to get into it besides um, what's gross and fried, and I don't ever want to eat the fish at Long John Silver's. So, and uh, I know me some yum brands, um, of which KFC and my favorite Taco Bell are a part. Um, they also used to own Long John Silver's, so that was our guess. So I probably would have gotten, you guys would have gotten it a lot quicker if I had said the worst meal in America was called the Big Catch. Really proud of my <laughs> trivia partner from Pittsburgh. First instinct, Long yeah, John Silvers. <laughs> <laughs> they just look like health code violation. Like I, <laughs> fast if you do, I if you do have it, never been in nor eaten at one, but no, I know I never no. want to. And that well, is one funny. of the best things in life. Not in a quick aside on Long John Silvers, but again, I'm older probably than most of you, but like, in like the mid eighties, that was like, they were and the, they're booming. And if you look like long John Silver's had like peaked like mid to late eighties. And then it just had like a precipitous fall. Yeah. They paired it up with a and W's right. like I was reading about. It and it's like, I don't think I've seen a standalone just long John Silver's because it's always with an a and W usually used to be like, that was like quasi fine dining in Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right, let's go round two. question nine sports logos. This is my son's favorite question. He actually got it right. So almost every current primary NBA logo features either an animal, such as the Bulls, or a basketball, such as the Knicks or Nets, in its design. Or both. There are only four NBA teams whose logos do not contain an animal or a basketball. Name any two of these four teams. All right. We will mute and think about it. Yeah. A lot of them also sneakily have a basketball in them, even if they are the animal logos. Right. I was, <laughs> just, I was just thinking okay. of that. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm giving bonus so gotta, points here. More bonus points. So two points. Of two, again, two bonus points. You can complete the list. All right. So what's our, our short list here? So the two that were, but again, I'm, I'm, I will, I feel very good about this. You went with Golden State Warriors and Spurs. And the Spurs. Yep. No animal, no, no basketball. Uh, what's on our list of, what else do we, we have? Had I think wizards, we had like four or five. We had Wizards, Clippers, um, OKC. We didn't talk about the Kings, but I'm sure they have a basketball. Um, I can't picture the logo at all either. There's the Nuggets. Okay, so um, let's just let's just wrap this up. You you wanted to go with Warriors and Spurs for sure. Yep. And then I, I like your the Nuggets idea of the last ones we have. I have no idea. Um, you want to go the Wizards the- just because we 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 hate thinking about them right now. Yeah, let's go Wizards. If they have a basketball, no one's ever seen it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it a basketball with a hat on it, like a wizard hat? I feel like I've no. seen that before. Dude, I, if, I... If, if, if that was the logo, I would have that hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. That should be the logo. Is it just me? <laughs> okay. A bearded basketball rocking like a floppy wizard hat? hat. I mean, it'd be amazing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what are you officially locking in with? 
uh, Warriors, Spurs as our like real ones, and then um, Nuggets. Nuggets, Wizards as our bonus. Okay. And Jeff, you had this really. I, I was having trouble coming up with them. Yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of NBA. Um, I kind of like it in theory. I just don't really follow it, but I do like some of the logos. Um, we said um, Cavaliers. Uh, I think it's just the C with the like the sword or whatever. Um, Golden State's round, but I think it's the bridge. I don't think it's a basketball. So that's our official two. And then we can think of a couple others. Um, Trailblazers, I'm not sure. I don't think it's a basketball, uh, or maybe it's supposed to be. And uh, then we said Houston Rockets. Okay, well, 10 points are going to both teams because the Cavs are correct, the Warriors are correct, and the Spurs are correct. And then No Scrubs is getting an extra two points because one of the most iconic logos in basketball is the pinwheel. It is the Trailblazers. So you could have said Cavs, Warriors, Trailblazers, Spurs. Okay, let's move to the final question in round two. Question 10, the category is candy. First released in 1990, the PB Max Candy Bar a chocolate bar filled with cookie and peanut butter was eventually discontinued despite $50 million annually in sales because allegedly the family behind this candy company simply doesn't like peanut butter. We could try the first one. I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's do it. All right. We'll lock in. All right. I mean, they, they had two first inklings. I have two first inklings of Hershey's and Mars. And okay. I think Hershey's makes Reese's peanut they butter do. cups. Yeah, they have a whole so room the in there like Hershey be... Park of Reese's. Okay, yeah, Mars. Then, then I would, then I would, I would go with Mars because I can't think of anything that Mars makes yeah. that has peanut butter in it, and they're the only other family-owned, right, peanut butter or uh, chocolate or uh, candy company I can think of. So right, I'm yeah, and I don't even want to try to venture like Cadbury or anything like that because I I have no idea. So yeah. right. well, um, yeah, once that, you that get out of those exactly two, what I was thinking. It, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking right, too because i know that i know hershey's makes reese's for sure so yeah let's do mars right, sweet let's but go mars. mars makes those delicious peanut butter m&ms mm. but we said hershey because we don't know oh one of the two teams is getting points they are a very unique family the third richest family in america very private family it is the mars family mm. wow it was mars nice. third richest family in america wow yep. john john mars family yeah like very private. They never take pictures. It's very kind of unique, but, but apparently they just, nobody in the family likes peanut butter. So they stopped making Screw it. Screw them. I mean, good for <laughs> them. After regulation, it looks like uh, team, uh, no bones about it, uh, was batting perfect in that second half of the second round, picking up 50 points, bringing their total to 140 and no scrubs, picking up 42 points uh, with the bonuses from question nine, uh, bringing our total to 154. So 14 points between the two teams. Uh, what are our final round categories to see how this is going to shake out? All right. So here are the final round categories. These are all movies that were filmed in Pittsburgh. So category number one, sudden death. It is a sports question. Number two, the fault in our stars books question. Number three, Adventureland, a geography question. Number four, dogma, a religion question. And then finally, number five, The Silence of the Lambs, a movie question. Okay, the wagers are now locked in. Let's go back to David for the questions. All right, so the final round, these are all movies that were filmed in Pittsburgh. There's quite a few to choose from, but let's go to number one here. The category was Sudden Death, a sports question. So the last time the Stanley Cup was won in Sudden Death Overtime was in 2014, when this Western Conference team won the Cup in Game 5 on a goal from Alec Martinez. 
Question number two, The Fault in Our Stars, books. According to Publishers Weekly, The Fault in Our Stars was the seventh best-selling novel in 2013 and the best-selling novel in 2014. In those years, two different books from which series placed in the top two each year? The 17th book in this series is scheduled to be released in October 2022. Now, question number three, Adventureland, a geography question. Three of the eight national parks established since 2000 are named for rivers. Name any of the three rivers, two of which are in states that border Pennsylvania. Question number four, dogma, religion question. In an alphabetized list of the men who have served as pope, what is the last name alphabetically who has had multiple popes? I guess it's possible that these popes might have been fans of the University of Michigan fight song. Finally, number five, The Silence of the Lambs, a movie question. In the film, The Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter uttered the 21st best movie quote of all time, according to AFI, when he told Clarice that he ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. What was the profession of the man who Lecter consumed? Okay, we will uh, go over these questions and we will be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All of the answers are now locked in. Let's hear the clues one more time and we'll give our answers. All right. So question one in the final round, sudden death sports question. The last time a Stanley Cup was won in sudden death overtime was in 2014 when this Western Conference team won the Cup in Game 5 on a goal from Alec Martinez. Name the team. We bet uh, 15, and uh, Jeff, we just thought it was every other year than the Blackhawks, so we said the Kings. Yep. Oh, my 
God. Uh, so uh, this one I knew because they uh, was one of the best cup runs in history. They went like 16 and two on their way to the cup. This was the LA Kings. Yeah, points to both teams. It was the LA Kings. Uh, we bet we bet 30 for that one, by the way. <clears throat> okay, question number two in the final round, The Fault in Our Stars. This is a question about books. So according to Publishers Weekly, The Fault in Our Stars was the seventh best-selling novel in 2013 and the best-selling novel in 2014. In those years, two different books from which series placed in the top two each year? The 17th book in the series is scheduled to be released shortly in October 2022. We, uh, we bet 25 here, and um, we weren't too sure. Neither of us are really big readers, especially not and not really aware of many series that are more recent and still going. But um, the only thing we could kind of think of, especially since they came out with the musical, um, was the Percy Jackson series. So we said Percy Jackson. Glad you said that. Um, we wagered 15. I was just trying to think back when I was doing children's theater around the, that time period. And I remember I was reading a couple of the Percy Jackson books. And I know there's like a million of them now. So we said the same thing. Well, no points going out on that question. The answer was Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, they made more than one. Well, there's <laughs> lots of them. 16 more, apparently. So question number three, Adventureland, a geography question. So three of the eight national parks established since 2000 are named for rivers. Name any of the three rivers, two of which are in states which border Pennsylvania. I was trying to think of big rivers kind of around Pennsylvania in the Ohio Valley. Um, and being Michigan, we're not too far from that other state. So uh, I said the Cuyahoga River or the Cuyahoga National Park. Yep, not sure if it's still a river if it's on fire, but we said Cuyahoga Valley we knew was uh, one of the more recent national parks. Oh, yes, and so we bet 30 for that one. As did we. So the teams are staying all square here in the final round, at least in terms of their answers, and they were correct on this question. So the one that doesn't border Pennsylvania is in South Carolina. You could have said Congaree. In Ohio, you have Cuyahoga Valley for the Cuyahoga River. And then in West Virginia, you have the New River National Park, the New River Gorge. Okay, so question four in the final round, dogma, a religion question. So in an alphabetized list of the men who have served as Pope, which is the last name alphabetically who has had multiple Popes? Might be possible that these Popes were fans of the University of Michigan fight song. Um, so we uh, thought of the University of Michigan fight song being all, or hail to the victor. And so we went with Pope Victor. And we bet 25 on that as well. Yep. Uh, we also wagered 15 on this one, and uh, we too said Victor. Well, the teams are staying consistent. Both teams getting points there. It is Victor. So it all comes down uh, to the say, final. Oh, I'm sorry. I, go ahead. I think usually we don't give score updates this early, but I will tell you the, uh, if my math is correct, the score is 200 to 199. <laughs> Well, I think that means it was a good game and a close game. And it's we're coming down here to the final question. And it is a movie question, which Neil's on the other team. But let's see what happens here on The Silence of the Lambs. In the film The Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter uttered the 21st best movie quote of all time, according to AFI, when he told Clarice that he ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. What was the profession of the man who Lecter consumed? Big, uh, big fan of this movie um, and a uh, big fan of the character and this quote. And... Uh, if you'll indulge me. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Good podcasting noise there. 
Um, I, I, it took me forever to figure this one out. I kept thinking it was a salesman and stuff. And then Jeff's finally like, just, uh, use the alphabet method, which everyone else makes fun of me for. And, and then I saw the C. Except it always works. So I don't know why we would Yeah. Do as that. soon as you got to the C, I was like, it's over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we also said census taker. Um, but, uh, what a great rendition by Taylor there. So yeah, we said census taker for 30 points. Well, I don't think I have to even give the answer here because Taylor did such a great job there, but it was census taker. And that was some pull by Neil there. So yeah, it was census taker. Well, oh boy. after all of the questions, all of the answers and all of the wagers, uh, you know, the score is done. Uh, it's over. And it's the closest non-tie game in triviality history. I think it is. Yeah. So um, it looks like no scrubs uh, picking up 75 points in the final, bringing their total to 229 and picking up 90 points in the final round is no bones about it with 230 points, one point more. And they are today's cream of the crop outside interference. Yeah. In my moment of glory. Now I'm living in a nightmare and I am the cream. Wow. Great game. Woo. Wow. Well done guys. Oh, I thought we were, I thought we were on the lower side of that. I, I didn't even, I didn't know who was, I was, it was diary of a wimpy kid. If we would have in my proverbial cups. Wow. Yeah, jeez. That uh, you Wait, know, so who won? I think no bones we, about it. Bones. We, we yeah, Taylor, you and I, yeah, we, we pulled we it out by a single point. We it. Wow, I cannot even believe that. One point. What it, did you? And we got every single question right in the final. Wow. No, we um, both, no, we four, missed four, four, five. both. Oh, we, we missed both Percy missed Jackson. Yeah, Percy Jackson. Yeah, the same answer. Yeah. Uh, the the difference maker was we bet a little more on uh, on, on Victor, the other ones. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I am yeah. never not going uh, all in again. That is what I've learned. Yeah. What a, what a final yeah. round. Push it in. Wow, and that was wild. Figure it out later. Oh man. Um, well, you know the the first well the first game I think or no no this one of the first episodes I was ever on. I had a funny like kind of bonus points thing and the, it ended up being a three point difference at the very, very end. And I remember you guys saying that was the closest game. And I think that was probably the closest game still until yeah. non-tie until that. So, wow. Yeah, what an, <laughs> it's an honor. It's an honor to be here live for it. Uh, well, I, it's funny you should all say that because I downloaded a sound clip, uh, but I was going to play in the intro, but I forgot when we were doing the intro and uh, it, it is very fitting, uh, and this is not, you know, fake or anything. I was going to play the intro, but it, it works here now. So here you go. There you go. Nice. So uh, we love our doctors here, and, oh, and they win. That. So um, let's uh, let's go down the line. Let's start with uh, Chase. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, and obviously, as we said at the top, being a Patreon supporter for so long, um, any final words, shout outs, anything you'd like to say before we let you go? No, uh, thank you guys very much for having me. Uh, this was a, a ton of fun. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure being on the show. Um, thank you to my uh, my wife, Karina, for taking care of the dogs and, and being very patient while we recorded this. Uh, that's definitely appreciated. Um, and then uh, I hope to be on the show again in the future. Like I said, this is, uh, this is a great experience. I love the show. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for being here and for being so uh, active in our Discord. Join Chase over in our Discord with a bunch of other folks playing games and doing stuff all the time. Uh, another person on Discord and another person we'd love to thank is our friend Taylor Cook, um, who's been a patron for a very, very long time. Uh, always a pleasure to have on the show. And I know you have some special shout outs too, but uh, any any other final words you'd like to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, um, just to echo Chase a little bit, thanks so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'd love to say longtime listener, first time caller, but at this at this case, uh, <laughs> no longer, no longer the case. Um, 
But uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to, I, I, we alluded to it probably a little bit throughout conversation, but, uh, but yeah, I just got engaged this last weekend. So just a new shout out to my, haven't said this actually out loud before, but to my fiance. Congrats. Um, Congrats. Who will inadvertently probably, I'll force to listen to this episode when it comes out. So um, <laughs> uh, shout out to you. Uh, I love you very much. And then, um, and everyone else, thanks for, thanks for making this such a, a fun recording and, and a great time and look to look forward to being back in the future at some point as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Taylor. Congratulations again. And uh, David, what a great game you put together today. Thank you so much for taking the time and hanging out with us. Uh, any any final shout outs from you? And, and also, again, uh, thank you also for being a, a longtime Patreon supporter. Yeah, um, maybe I'll get off on a real quick rant here. But if you're made it this way into the podcast, I really do hope you support it on Patreon. I just it's a lot of fun. And when you're, you know, you get to do these podcast things, you get to host, you get to play, you get to hear the show pop up every Tuesday, the bonus uh, content you get. It's just a lot of fun and it's an interactive experience. And, you know, you get to the level that Taylor and I and, you know, Chase are at, you know, I call Jeff. Jeff will do my kids homework. There are hidden perks, (laughs) which, you know, we don't. It's sort of like behind the scenes when you're in the club, you're in the club. But, um, you know, my first time I was on this was in 2020. Pandemic was going on. Bar trivia was sort of shut down. But this sort of supplanted it. And now that we're getting back and Taylor and I have played in Pittsburgh with, you know, some things, it, it's just sort of a nice cycle of trivia. And it's a lot of fun. And, and just a quick shout out to Pittsburgh Bar Trivia, where Taylor and I played a couple weeks ago. I took these are all my questions, but that Silence Lambs question I loved. And it was from Chris at Pittsburgh Power Trivia who hosted it. And I was like, I am putting that on the game. I'd never heard that before. And um, so that's a great little organization. If you're in uh, Pittsburgh and you're playing Bar Trivia, look up Pittsburgh Bar Trivia. Wonderful. Yeah, we will. And uh, we hope to maybe come to Pittsburgh and do an event or something uh, sometime soon. That'd be a lot of fun in the new year. Thank you, everyone, for today's great game. As always, you can find Triviality Podcast over at Airwave Media Network. Check out shows like Subtext, Settle the Stars, and Small Things Often at airwavemedia.com. For David, Chase, Taylor, Jeff, and Ken and Matt, who aren't here, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Triviality.